You know, we're continuing our way through this series called Disconnected, and so as we begin today, I just want you to think of some of those relationships in your life that have gotten a little bit disconnected or strained, where you're not as close as you were, or something has entered into that relationship that has caused struggle, or that there's that elephant in the room that nobody's addressing, or just one of those relationships where the connection isn't as strong as it used to be. You know, one time Jesus was asked this question, what is the most important thing that God calls us to do? And Jesus just responded, he says, love God and love people. There's nothing that is more important or greater than that. And in saying that, Jesus is also saying this, that it is possible to live your whole life and miss that purpose. It is possible to live your whole life and pour yourself into jobs and careers and activities and even church and miss out on the relationships that God has put in your life on purpose for you to bless and for you to touch and for you to care for. The relationships that God has designed to not only to bring us joy through, but to help develop us through, to be the kind of people he wants us to be. And so vitally important are these relationships. It, it should be our primary focus as we walk through life, loving God and, and loving others. Our society, I think that video portrays I don't even know if it's a struggle anymore. People just do the unhelpful thing, by and large. And that's the way we treat people that we don't know, but so often those that we do, there's a, a disconnect of care. There's a, a disconnect of concern. The reality is that we're not going to talk about having better relationships today, and today you're going to go home from church and it's all going to be better. The reality doesn't work quite like that. Life is a, it's more of a journey, right? And it's a journey that we have to walk through. Relationships are a journey that we have to focus on. In the light of that picture of a journey, I want to talk to you today about crossroads in the middle of our relationships. And, and every one of these crossroads is huge and important as we face and we'll face them in all of our relationships. Places that we come to where we have to decide, am I going to move forward? Or am I going to take a step back? Are things going to get better? Or are things going to get worse? Am I going to turn aside or am I going to keep on pressing forward in this relationship? And one of the first crossroads that God gives us, and so as you're thinking about that person or that relationship that's been in a little strain, one of the first crossroads that we come to is, am I going to choose to walk alone or am I going to choose to be with others? See, when I choose to isolate myself or choose to be connected to those that I love, there's a, a huge dynamic at play. There's huge consequences as a result. This is vital because without knowing it, so many of us are walking down a road of disconnection. We're becoming more and more disconnected from other people. We're becoming more and more isolated from other people. And there's a lot of reasons in life for this. Some of you will say it's because of past pain in my life, and I, I just can't get past the pain, and so it's, it's disconnected me from other people. You say, I don't ever want to be hurt that way again, and so you isolate yourself with these walls to protect yourself. It may be because... <sighs> The reality is you're just too busy. Life has happened. You've gotten too many other focuses. You're trying to build that and do this and earn that, and you just don't have any time for relationships anymore. They just don't seem that important. They're, they're not on the top of your list. For others of you, you just don't want to be inconvenienced by other people, by the relationships in your life. It seems they're too demanding. It seems that they always want something. And it just hurts now for you to be around people. But whatever the reason is, so often in our culture today, people are seeking to disconnect themselves from others. Maybe not intentionally, but it's what's happening all over the place. But whatever it is that we find ourselves becoming more and more isolated from more and more people all the time. And the danger is what we do is we find ourselves alone at some point and incredibly vulnerable 
Because that old saying is right, there's strength in numbers. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. They're very vulnerable, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Like study after study tells us that, that people who take the time to develop their relationships are happier people, they're more successful in their jobs, they're generally healthier people, they even live longer. And if you take the time to build these relationships, to develop these relationships, it's going to pay huge benefits because if you don't, who's going to be there for you when life gets hard? When life takes a bad turn, who's going to be there when you're all alone. I was reading about a pastor one time that discovered his five-year-old daughter had an inoperable brain tumor. And about two months after finding out just that information, she died. Obviously, it hits a little close to home, and my daughter had an inoperable brain tumor when she was five. And I just read this story about this guy. It was an incredible story. Um, the, the story goes on to say, you know, this guy at the funeral had, had, had eight guys stand up before the funeral started. Each one was in their suits and looked very nice. But he said, I want you to notice that these guys, during these past months, that have helped me make it through, this is the place where I could go to. These are the guys that I could talk to and just be myself. I could even go and hang out with them and not say anything, and, and they would understand. Realize I was reading through the story and, and about the funeral and how this guy kind of coped with stuff after losing his daughter. And, and, and I realized in the midst of all of that, that not only is God good because he answers prayers, but, but that I didn't have a, a support group like that. You know, what I realized as I read the stories is I had my family, my, my wife, who's an incredible support and encouragement, but she was struggling with the same stuff we were as we were going through that time. It's all we could do just to pray that God would heal. We were a mess. We had some friends that were spread out throughout the country, and they were certainly praying for us, but, man, it was hard for them to know what to say. What the story helped me realize is, it began to f is that I was in a place where I had focused so much of my time on, on work, on church, on ministry, on being married, on being a parent of three little girls that I'd, I'd kind of gotten to a place where there was nobody else. And not only was I way past the crossroads, I'd blown past the crossroads, I'd chosen that wrong path, and I found myself very alone, and that scared me. You know, I get up here and I preach what the right thing to do all the time is, right? But, but sometimes I miss that, and when I miss that and I pay for it, it scares me. And so I began to do things differently. Because I started thinking, what if something were to happen to my wife, right? Or to my family, then what would I do? So then I, ever since, I've worked hard at restructuring my week, at restructuring my schedule, so that I have a, guy, a group of guys every single week that I can come together and invest in them, and they can invest in me. So that I have a place where if life happens, I can go. And, and I can tell you already that it's better. To have a place where I can go and, and be understood, at least to some level, right? To have a place to go where I, I can share what's going on and people will pray and care. But I tell you, if you want a place like that, it, it's going to take a risk. You have to risk sharing and you have to risk being vulnerable and you have to, to risk caring for other people. But again, I, I promise you that if you do, it's, it's just better to walk through life with with people. And I know some of you have resisted getting involved. I mean, you like coming to church, and that's an awesome thing. You're getting fed every time you come. That's an amazing thing. But, but life happens, you know, Monday through Saturday, too. And if you just go and you don't develop those relationships or people you can call and, and pray with and, and, and just talk with, it, it, life is harder. But one of the first crossroads that we all face in life is really that. Are we going to walk with other people or are we going to walk alone? 
Because when we're walking alone, one thing can happen. It can throw off our balance in a big way. He goes on, God does, and he gives us a second spiritual crossroad that we have to face in all of our relationships, and it's this. Do I want to choose to pretend or do I want to choose to be real? You see, Jesus had a word for people who pretended, who faked it, right? Jesus' word for pretenders was hypocrites. And there was a group of guys in the Bible that really struggled with this over and over. They were the Pharisees, and he said this to them one time. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees. You have to understand, these were the pastors of the day. You hypocrites, he said. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside. I said to the first service of wearing my robe, I look really good in robes, better than a suit, or it just makes me look really cool, you know? I mean, cool in a spiritual way, right, or whatever. But, but the reality is, I think, okay, so, so think of that when I say this. You are like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you are full of dead man's bones and everything unclean. Now, that wasn't super nice to say, for sure. But he looked at them and he said, hey, look, guys, you look great. It's like you stuccoed your house from the outside. It looks great from the street now, but it's still a mess inside. And a lot of us live our lives that way. We, we focus so much on what other people think of us that we never address some of the garbage that's, that's going to be eating up our life, some of the sin that's distracting and destroying. And I wonder, you know, do you have any idea of how much work it takes to keep up appearances? My guess is I, I think a lot of you understand what I'm talking about. To pretend something every single day it's just wearying. Your head hits the pillow and you're just worn out and you just want to go to sleep. And so I'll just ask you, which road do you want to take, right? Do you want to take the road that leads to people thinking well of you, but it's all a front? It's all a fake? It's all a life of pretending to be something you're not? Or do you want to take a road that leads to freedom, a life with, without secrets? And, and I'll just share, as you think about relationships, Sometimes those relationships get filled with secrets. I think the elephants in the room are the perfect example. It's not even a secret, but just nobody will talk about it. Nobody will address it. You start keeping things from family members in the pretense of not wanting to cause hurt when really you just don't want to confront. It's an interesting place we get into. But God says, do you want to be a faker? Do you want to be in a place where there are no more secrets? See, the road that leads to knowing that other people that love you and respect you actually love you for who you are and not who you pretend to be. But it's always a choice. And that's what Jesus was talking about. He desires for us to have those kind of people that love us for who we are, warts and all. But you get to choose. The Bible says in Romans 12, 9, it says, don't just pretend that you love others, really love them. And the place to start with is obviously our words. I think that's the place where we pretend the most. It's where it's easiest to pretend. But God says you've got to stop. In Ephesians 4.25, it says what this adds up to then is this. No more lies and no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. After all, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. And so deceive yourselves and then validate yourself. Nothing is based on honesty. So when you start down the road to being more honest, where do you start? Where do you stop the pretense? And you start one word at a time and one conversation at a time and one relationship at a time. That's where it begins. You just start now and you start where you are and you start trying to build something forward. And that one word and that one conversation and that one relationship that you build on, you begin watching what God does with that to build you an entirely new life where you can stop pretending and be real again. I think this is a hard one. But God gives us one more to munch on this morning as well, and it's this. After you face those crosswords, there's going to be another one that we always face over and over again in our relationships, and it's this. Am I going to choose the shortcut, or am I going to choose the long road? 
where I choose the easy way or the hard way. I say that because relationships, you need to take the, the long road. In Ephesians 4, 2, the Bible says, Be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other, faults because of your love. In other words, saying to have a good relationship, it's going to cost you. It, it just is. Why? Because relationships are messy. If you're real with each other, they get messy. You're two selfish beings trying to work your way through life. And it always takes more time than we expect. And so because of that, I've got to decide, am I going to take the long road or the short road? The easy way or the hard way? Am I going to give them time to develop and grow and become the person that God wants them to be? Or am I just going to bail? We have a society that just wants to bail. If it's too hard, you've got to quit. If it's too difficult, you just need to, to avoid the situation. If it's too difficult a conversation, just never have it. Realize, remember all those one-minute books? They were really popular a few years back. You had the one-minute manager. I think there was a one-minute parent, a one-minute marriage, a one-minute relationship, right? I think there was even one-minute sex, but I think that's probably a different sermon. Anyway, but here's the deal. You can't really do a relationship in one minute. You just can't. I think a lot of people read that book, One Minute Relationship, and they think, oh, great, all I have to do is spend one minute a day on this, and my relationships will be awesome. But it just doesn't work that way. It's not true. Relationships are built minute upon minute upon minute. The reality is you simply can't grow a relationship or fit a relationship that's healthy into your Palm Pilot or your iPhone or whatever it is that you keep your calendar on. You can try to schedule it, right? You can try to say from 6 to 6.15, quality time with the kids. But what happens if the kids are late? Now all of a sudden you're mad and there goes the quality time. You can try to schedule between 9 and 9.30. I'm going to have an argument with my wife. Well, no, you can't because she finds out it's just going to be longer. It's never going to fit in that time. You know, the reality is it just doesn't work because relationships are messy. They don't work that way. You cannot plan an argument. The truth of the matter is, is because relationships don't always work out like we like them to, many times it just destroys our schedules. So we've got to decide, am I going to take the short route or the long one? Am I going to try to make this easy, get through it quick, or am I going to take the long road with someone as they walk through life, even though that's tougher and harder and much more messy? See, there's a single word that I think we need to learn in relationships because they are messy, because they do take time, because there's people in relationships that aren't perfect and we're not perfect. And that single word was found in this verse earlier. It's the word patience. It says, be humble and gentle, be patient, because it's take patience now you start asking, well, who do we have to be patient with? And Scripture says that in 1 Thessalonians 5.14. It says, be patient with everyone. And you know what? I hate that verse. Because it says everyone. And I don't want to do that. Why do I have to be patient with everyone? And here's the answer. Because everyone needs my patience. They do. Because nobody's perfect. And you know what? I'm so grateful that God is patient with me because I'm not perfect. And I'm so thankful for that God has put into my life people that are patient with me in the midst of my dysfunction, that are patient with me to grow and to come to right understandings and all those different things. But that patience that God gives us and that others give us needs to help us understand that we need to be patient with others. And even in light of all that information, I still hate being patient with other people. I want them to hurry up. I want them to grow faster. I want them to heal faster. And yet for a relationship to develop, the reality is... As it takes time, and as a result, genuine patience for it to move forward. One of our great problems in society, because we have a, a, a now society, is nobody wants to be patient with anything. You have a problem in marriage, and, well, I don't want to be patient for them to, to grow into this place or to get to the other side of this. I just want to bail. I don't want to be patient for this thing to work out with my kids. I just want to tell them what to do and have them do it. You know, why this, 
Why this stress and why this conflict and why do they continue to do the other thing? I, I don't want to be patient with a guy at work. I'm just going to stop talking to him, even if that affects my work. We don't like being patient. So the question is, which way do you want to go? You're at the crossroads and you decide to take the long road. You're saying this. I'm deciding right here and right now I'm not going to quit. Some of you decide right here and right now about a relationship with a husband or a wife or your kids or a friend or somebody at work. that I'm not going to give up on this relationship, especially if it's somebody in your family. And if you can't be patient with somebody in your family, something's wrong. They're the only family you got. I'm going to decide right here and right now I'm not going to lose faith that God is still here, that he is still working. I'm going to decide right here and right now I'm going to keep on hoping. I'm deciding I'm going to take the long road to endure with you even through the toughest of circumstances so that we can get to the other side. And that's what it looks like to have that kind of patience, to be willing to take the long road in life. It's essential. Otherwise, you end up losing things of value as you walk through life. And maybe that's why God brought you here today to say this to you. Don't give up. God says, I'm still here. And he's not promising you it's going to be easy taking that long road. But he's saying it's always the best way. That's the best way not only for them but for you to make you the kind of person that he wants you to be, to make them the kind of person that he wants them to be, to give you the kind of joy in life that he's designed, he wants you to have. Jesus tells John this in Revelations 3.20. He says, look, here I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling, open the door and I will come in and I will share a meal as friends with you. And here's a picture that Jesus gives us. He's continually knocking on the door of our lives, saying, let me in. (laughs) Not like the big bad wolf, you know, or I'm going to blow down your house, but he's just saying, let me in. I want to have... I want to break bread with you. I want to sit down and I want to hang out with you. I want to develop a relationship with you. And I want to talk to you. I want to know what you're struggling with. And I want to, in fact, I already know what you're struggling with. I want to talk through what you're struggling with. And your pains and your hurts and your hopes and your dreams and all those different things. He wants to have that intimacy where you know him and he knows you perfectly. That's what he desires. But the big question becomes, will I open the door? Will I let him in? Will I let him in to change me, to heal me, to comfort me? Because at the crossroads, right, in these moments of life, it's what sets our course going forward. doesn't mean you can't go back and recorrect the course. It's just harder. And so my prayer this morning is you start by letting Jesus in. Because I said it was way at the beginning. With Jesus, it's, it's just always better. And all God's people said, amen.